Well, good morning. It's good to be with you this morning. We are continuing a conversation from last week. So if you missed last week, uh, I apologize. I'll try to kind of fill you in a little bit as we go. Uh, But last week, I put all of us in this room into three categories. I know you don't like that. I don't like it either, but we had to, okay? And so here were the categories when it comes to spiritual gifts. Number one, you don't know your spiritual gift. And I wanted to stop and say thank you because there's over 150 people who took the spiritual gifts assessment this past week. So some of you coming back in here have now graduated to number two. Number two is you know your gift, but you might not be actually using your gift to benefit anyone else. Number three is you know your gift and you are using it to benefit others. Um, I said last week, I still believe this to probably be true in a room this size. Uh, Number three is the exception, not the rule, right? Number three is the exception, not the rule. Last week we looked at number one, we don't know our gift and uh, God's word told us that, hey, every single one of you has got a gift for his glory. And now that you know that, we're gonna talk about number two, which number two is uh, I have a gift, but I am either choosing to or subconsciously not using my gift. Before we jump in and do that, uh, I'm gonna pray for us and then I'm gonna take you back to eighth grade with me, all right? So let's pray. Holy Spirit, we need you this morning. We need you to understand this idea that you have given us a gift that was determined for us, specifically for us, not for anyone else. And now we're supposed to use that to help others. We're supposed to use that within uh, the community of believers that we have here. And so would you just speak to our hearts through Paul's words? Uh, Thanks for the church in Corinth. Uh, Thanks for Uh, ironically, how messed up they were so that we would receive these words that clarify things for us even today. Jesus, we ask that you be glorified through our time together. Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts? We pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So the setting was eighth grade basketball practice. The situation was our coaches, uh, truck tires, all four of them had been slashed the night before. Uh, the problem was he assumed that it was one of us on the basketball team who did it, right? Uh, walk into practice, he's sitting in a center court and he says, today we're gonna run. This is what I woke up to this morning. This is what I've been through today. Um, he did not, was not at school that day. Um, and he said, we're gonna run. And so we ran down a back sprints for an hour and a half straight. 30 seconds Clockwork's on the wall, 30 second ends, you just run. Some of the guys were so slow, about 10 minutes in, they were just running, right? Kids were puking, it was, it was chaos. He stood in the middle and he, he was yelling these couple statements as he was chucking a basketball at the backboard, grab it, turn and chuck it at the next backboard and went grab it. And he's yelling, there's no I in team. And he yelled, if you take team out of teamwork, all you have is work. Then he'd yell at this one. Now one person can whistle a symphony. Now, see, yeah, some of you like me. Every time he said that one, I'm like, that's, that's a pretty good one. You know, like, I didn't laugh out loud because if I laughed out loud, I probably would have died. Okay, so I like, but I just was like, and I just kept running. Now, see, I realized during that practice, and then I'll tell you today, still to this day, I have no idea who actually did that. But what I learned after that practice was that one decision for one of us, either good or bad, affected the whole. 
right? It, it ended up affecting the community. Whether we chose to show up at a game or a practice and give all or all, that affected the rest of the team. That's part of what it looks like to be on a team or be in a community. And the thing is, is that that's the same thing is true when it comes to your church body. Like if I choose to use my gift or not use my gift, that affects everyone else in this room. Right? If you choose to use your gift or not to use your gift, uh, that affects us. And here's the thing, we might not even know it, but it does. It doesn't change the fact that that's true. Right? Because all throughout scripture, what is, what is the God's people, excuse me, I almost said it. What is the God's people? What are they referred to? They're referred to as the body of Christ, right? New Testament, Old Testament, they are God's people. They're, they're referred to in community, not as individuals. Now, this is the hard part for us. That's not the way our world works. Well, that's not what our culture does. And I'm not, not, we're not gonna just blame everything on culture. But the truth is, is the culture tells us it's about you. Right? It's about uh, your gift. It's about your feelings. It's about your comfort. It's about your truth. And when we get into a culture, it's just me, me, it's my, it's me. We stop thinking. We get these little, like, you know, like the, the old horses have on when downtown. You know, like I can't see nothing but me. It's just right here. You know, it goes about this far, right? And we stop thinking about the whole of the community, but that's not what God ever intended. God intended for us to think about the whole, the community, all of us. This is a story realistically about the whole. It's why we just stopped and prayed for somebody who's not here. Because those people that are out there that don't have a, a, a place to belong to something like this, they're missing out on something. And now I'm getting way ahead of myself, but nonetheless, Go ahead and get your Bibles out. Open up with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That's where we're at. If you remember last week, and Paul's addressing this kind of an idea to the Corinthian church because last week, uh, as we looked at chapter 12 and we looked at the first verse of chapter 12, it said that he was answered. He said, this is your, your answer to the things you've been asking about those special abilities, those spiritual gifts. So he's in this conversation. And truthfully, I, I need to tell you this. If you have time this week, just read chapter 12, 13, and 14 straight through because 12, 13, and 14 are really his answer to that question. We're kind of breaking it up into pieces. Paul didn't intend for it to be broken up into pieces. It was just intended to be one long conversation that was an answer. And so if you really want to understand what his answer was, I'd encourage you just to read it straight through. But he's answering that question. And last week we look at, hey, God says, he gave us a spiritual gift, different kinds of gifts. All of us have different kinds of gifts. We listed some of them. We looked at those. We actually looked at uh, the whole host of what we consider spiritual gifts through that chart. And then he gets to this part, verse 12. The human body has many parts, but the same, uh, excuse me, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we've all been baptized into one body, one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Now, let me pause. Paul starts out by giving us this illustration that we're going to unpack the rest of our time together. It's, it's the body. We're all right now exist within a body. And so we understand what it is like to have a body. So he uses something that's very easy for us to understand. 
And he says, the human body has many parts, but it's just one body. And so it is with the body of Christ. That's us. Same is true for us who call this our body of Christ, this church. Then he gets into this kind of racial conversation because you got to understand this was a big divide at that time. Some of us are Jews and some are Gentiles. Uh, The Jews, we know this from scripture. You know this from uh, reading the New Testament. Like the Jews did not like the Gentiles. In fact, uh, Gentile people were just considered half Jew or not Jew at all, Jewish at all. And therefore the Jews were God's people and they are just kind of the leftovers. And so they didn't, the Jewish people didn't even want to be around them. And we read some stories about that in the New Testament. We read some stories about Jesus kind of flying in the face of that. Why? Because it was that big of a deal. We read that and we just think, oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. Like if this would have been uh, the Korean church, all the Jews have been over in that section. All the Gentiles have been over in that section. There'd be nobody right here. Okay. They, they didn't want to be around each other, close to each other, in connection with each other. Then he says, uh, some of you are slaves and some are free. It's another dividing line. And, and what Paul's trying to get at is he's going after two, the two of the biggest dividing lines in their culture. These are things that divide our, us as people. But then he says, here's something that supersedes that. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share that same spirit. So the truth is, is that regardless of what might divide us in this room, the what we all share in this room, most likely, is that we've all been baptized into the same spirit. But we're a part of something bigger when we choose to do that. No longer are you uh, just brothers and sisters with your actual brother and sister, but you're now brothers and sisters with everybody in this room. We all share the same spirit. We all share the same God and we all share the same purpose. Which leads me to this point is that when we use our gifts in community, what does it do? It creates this idea of unity for us. We're called to actually use our gift in community. Keep reading with me. It says this in verse 14. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that doesn't make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an ear, how would you, excuse me, if a whole body was an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. So, Here, Paul attacks again. He goes kind of a little bit deeper. Here's, and we can understand the context of what he's writing to and the questions he's answering by what he's saying. And he's saying two things here. Uh, There's some of you in the church that undervalue your gift. I just know this to be true. Some of you, the 150 plus that took that spiritual gifts assessment, you opened up your results and you looked at it and you thought, "I, I don't know if the church really needs that gift. And he looked at it and thought, or he thought this, I'm not sure this is actually right. Well, let me clue you in here. You're the one that filled it out. So are you saying you're wrong? You know, like, 
And that's the way God wired you. You answer the questions because the way you answer the questions, the way you're wired. Well, we undervalue our gift. There, there's this idea in the Corinth church to these infant Christians to which he's writing. Remember, this has been three years have passed since he formed this church. And they're trying to figure things out. And some of them, uh, they, they've discovered their gift and they're like, it's not that gift. I don't know if it's valuable. I don't know if the church actually needs me. And what Paul's saying is like, that, that is, could not be further from the truth, right? You can't say, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an I. Well, here's the thing. You weren't given a gift so that you could look at other people's gifts and then compare yours to them. That's not what God intended. He didn't intend for you to get a gift and if you decide, well, it's just, it's not that great of a gift, God. Good luck with that conversation, Right? I think there's something in Romans about that. But anyways, but then verse 18, he says this, but our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. He's put you exactly where he wants you. He's given you the gift that he wants you to have. He's placed you at this church at this time for the purpose of using that gift, whatever it might be, to benefit others. (laughs) I love this. This is almost like we're going back into like the elementary and a question one of the kids would ask. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Could you just imagine a giant eyeball walking in here? You know, like that's what, where my mind goes. Like what's happening? You know, this is a complete side story, but I'm going to tell you because I just came to my mind and Amanda's going to get mad at me later for telling you this. When Taylor was young, we're like, um, one morning he woke, I could not get the child to go to sleep. You know, it's one of those nights, uh, some of you with young kids over here, you know what I'm talking about, right? You just can't get you. He just, keep, he just kept getting back up and put him back and get back up. So finally I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna go turn the TV on. Maybe the kid will just fall asleep to the TV. I turned on this show called Yo Gabba Gabba. Okay. If you've seen Yo Gabba Gabba, you know what I'm talking about. Like DJ Lance, that's, that's not me. Okay. Like that's the guy's name. And he like pulls things out of a radio. I mean, middle of the night, you know, I'm tired. I've got this child who won't go to sleep. I'm watching this show. The next morning when we woke up, I looked at Amanda. I was like, I think I had a crazy dream last night. She's like, what do you mean? If you haven't seen this show, there's like these four characters and I don't even know what they are. They do things. It's, it's like, you know, Sesame Street Barney on like crack, if I can say that. Okay. It just is like, I got woke up. I'm like, what happened last night? And then I figured out it's actually a show. You know, like, like you, this question makes me think like, what, what if we just had one body part? Well, that'd be really weird. What, you know, like a foot. That's the same thing when it comes to the body of Christ. What if we all had the same gift? My mom used to say this as a kid, like, we'd be in a whole lot of trouble if there were two of you. Imagine if there are three, four, five, five hundred of me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I was waiting. Somebody had to do it, right? First of all, I wouldn't like that, right? I'm the baby. There can't be another one of me, all right? That's what my mom used to say. So, like, I I wouldn't like, you wouldn't like that. That wouldn't benefit this church. There's things that that I definitely cannot do and that not, should not be in charge of. We we need, but we can't diminish somebody else's gift. I can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. 
Right? So not only can you not undervalue your gift, but you can't overvalue yours and look past other people's. You see, th- we're intended to be a community that's using our gifts for what? For unity. To draw us into something bigger than ourselves. I mean, let's be honest. All of us have this deep-rooted piece of us that wants to be a part of something bigger than just us. Do you know God put that in you? Along with a gift for the purpose of you being able to be a part of something bigger, to belong to a bigger community. And as a result, experience this amazing thing called unity. But he continues, okay? Verse 22. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with greatest care. So we're carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And one part is honored, all the parts are glad. I love this because it's just just this idea that sometimes the things that we might think in our minds are like the weakest and insignificant gifts are actually the ones that are most crucial. I mean, think about this. What is the most crucial organ of your body? It's your heart. But you've never seen your heart. If you've seen your heart, don't tell me that story. I don't want to hear it. I'll pass out, okay? Like, you can't see it. Why? Because God has wrapped it with stuff to protect it. But at the same time, it's the most valuable thing that we got. Because if it stops, we stop. Let me put it to you this way. This is funny because just uh, Friday, we, this <laughs> our internet stopped working which like in today's age means the whole house stops working, okay? And so my daughter came in, my son went home with a friend. My daughter came in, she's like, I'm like, hey, honey, I hate to break this to you. We don't have any internet, you know? Like, I don't think she was ready for what was about to happen. And she's like, okay, that's fine. And she goes and sits down and opens up her iPad to play a game. And she's like, this won't work. I'm like, we have no internet, you know? She goes and gets her switch and I'm like watching this. I'm like, this is, we're not getting there, you know? Like, she turns on the switch. She's like, this isn't working. I'm like, it needs internet. You know, she's like, fine, I'll just watch a Bluey. And I'm like, Ugh. she turns on the TV and she's like, what? And I'm like, internet, you know, she storms upstairs. Let's just play a board game. Okay, that sounds good. Alexa, turn on the playroom light. I'm like, we don't have internet. I'm like, yeah, we don't, <laughs> you know. Top it all off. She comes back down. We deal out the cards and she looks at me and goes, it's really quiet. Can we turn on some music? I'm like, hey, Alexa, you want to turn on some music? You know, and she's like, Alexa is not connected to the internet. You can open up the Alexa app and go to the, and man, Emma just looks up at me like, I'm like, it's not my fault, right? Like if the internet does not work, everything else doesn't work. The same is true in here. Like if the internet went out, like you, you don't see this, right? On service. You don't, we can't visibly see the internet right now, but if the internet were to shut off right now, my voice would stop. We'd lose all control of the lights. Nothing would change on these projector screens. The book of faces would go black, right? It would all, it would all go down. It's the most important part. And yet, what is it? We don't see it. Sometimes the most important gifts are the gifts that you don't ever see. 
You know, some of the most talented people that we have to pull these services off, they sit in a room back here behind stage that you never even see them. I can't stand here and do this without those people that are sitting back there right now. I can't. It's impossible. God is telling us, listen, we've given a gift to be used within community. And when we use it within community, what happens is unity happens that takes place where you hear worship and you hear announcements and we get to pray and you're prompted to see a QR code. And I get to stand up here and preach and my, my, my notes pop up there on the screen. Like it's this beautiful thing when we work within community that God designed. God says for the second time, he'll say it again three times in this passage. He says it. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care given to those parts that have less dignity. He says, God has put the body together. God did this. God's given you a gift and put you in the community and a place that you can use it like for a reason. You don't need my permission to do that. You don't need to contact me and say, where should I do that? Just look and see, hey, my gift could fit here. I'm gonna jump in and help here. Now, if you decide you're gonna jump in and help with the gifts, then I do, with the kids, then I do need to know because we need a background check. We aren't just gonna let you go back there and share with the kids, you know? Like that ain't happening. We gotta make sure you're good to go. Anyways, 25. This makes for harmony among the believers so that all the members care for each other. Like that's the goal. So we have harmony and we can care for each other. We can love each other. We can actually be a body of Christ. And then back to eighth grade basketball. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part should be honored, all the parts are glad. I realized whatever decision, whoever made that decision, it affected us as a basketball team. That day we became closer as we sprinted, threw up, cried, and worked our way through an hour and a half of sprints. But you see, when, when we experience things or somebody in our community experiences something and we suffer alongside of them, what happens? We become stronger. When somebody in our community is, is honored uh, and, and is lifted up, then we, what happens? We become stronger. Right? The church isn't a solo game. The church is a game that we're all supposed to be involved in together because that's the way God designed it. He says it again in verse 27. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have a gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. Commentators would say he puts their first, second, and third when it comes to apostles, prophets, and teachers. uh, And then he goes, and then he moves on to like, then there are those. Uh, the first, second, third uh, is said to have been put in there purposefully. Because remember, what was their question about? It was prophecy and gifts of tongue. The thing that's kind of the big flashy thing, the thing that's maybe more uh, charismatic. And, and, the, and the early Christians were drawn towards that. They didn't want to just be an apostle. They didn't want to just be a teacher. They wanted to be the one who was healing people in public so that they could 
get the glory. Well, that wasn't the purpose. And so Paul kind of reverses them and lists them that way and then says, do we have all have the gift of healing or of miracles or of teaching or of apostleship? Well, no, of course not. None of us have all the gifts. We covered that last week. You have one gift and that gift, if you don't choose to use it, then she misses out. He misses out. I miss out. This is why this is important to me. Because if you don't use your gift, then I don't get to experience that side of what God intended for us as the body of Christ. If you don't use your gift, then the person sitting next to you doesn't get to experience whatever it is that God has given you for the betterment of us. At the end of the day, this is not a solo game. Yes, you have to pursue Christ on your own. But when we get together, listen, you are supposed to be held accountable together. We worship together. We study God's word together. We eat together. So why would we then take our gift and be like, I'm just going to take my ball and go home? Why, why would we choose to do that? That's not what God created. It says God has put uh, God together. All of you are Christ's body but our body has many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. He's put each of you exactly where he wants you. And so the question is, are you using your gift in community? Are you using your gift in community? Specifically this community. I love this quote. I read this quote this past week um, and it's so good. Mark Twain said, uh, the two most important days of your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. The day you're born and the day you found out why. I really believe what Mark Twain was, was teetering on is what, God, what we're reading right here, that God is giving you a gift and a purpose. And yeah, it's great the day you were born, but the day you figure that out and the day you understand what it is and the day you apply it to a community is the day that you really become alive. It's the day you get to experience what God created for you in the beginning, what God, what he said as he put it together, exactly how he put it together. I read this quote as well. As the body of Christ, they manifest Christ's life in their lives. And as a unified whole, they reveal him to the world. Because you see our unity us right here, this group, this church, our unity speaks something to the world. More importantly, it speaks something to Noblesville. Right, on the outskirts, outside of this building, do people see White River as a body of believers who are in community and unity for the sake of his kingdom? We get to show them a little slice and piece of what it's going to be like in heaven when we are all in perfect unity and community. And so that, that's the question this morning. Like, are you using your gift? And listen, this isn't so that we can fill spots back here in the church. Because a lot of your gifts aren't going to be hanging out with four-year-olds. Some of your gifts uh, are different and need to be applied differently. Uh, some of your gifts I might never even see. I might never watch you actually use them. Some of your gifts might be used outside of this building, but for the betterment of this community, this group of people that you belong to, the body of Christ that you belong to, or the greater body of Christ that you belong to, which is the body of Christ around this world. 
This isn't about White River. It's about you understanding why you were given a gift and being able to use that within a community and experience what God designed for you. And now I believe this with all my heart. I believe that if Paul was returning to, he didn't, he didn't in this time, he wrote a letter. Uh, but if he was returning to these Corinthian Christians that were infant Christians three years into their faith, I, I believe he would have called them to repentance. I believe he would have said, hey, it's time for you to ask God for forgiveness for undervaluing your gift or overvaluing yours and looking at others and thinking you don't need them. And so today that's how I want to end. I just want to end by leading us in prayer as a community to ask God for forgiveness for the ways that, that we've undervalued what he's given us or ways that we've overvalued our gift and ran right over everybody else's. And so if you would, I just want you to join me in this. Join me with your heart and your mind and let's just pray and ask for forgiveness this morning. God, we come before you this morning to earnestly ask for your forgiveness. We know from this passage that you put the body of Christ together. You gave us a gift in a community with which to use that gift for the sake of unity and harmony and the good of each other. And so forgive us. Father, we ask for forgiveness when we undervalue the gift that you've given us when we think that there's no way that we could be used to benefit the church community, when we think that uh, our gift isn't as good as someone else's gift, or when we even look towards someone else, would you forgive us for comparing ourselves to someone else? You created us unique. You created us with a special gift. You created us with a purpose. Would you let us and just empower us by your Holy Spirit to have faith in that, to have boldness in that, to have strength in that? Would you forgive us as well if we overvalue our gift? If we think that we've got all the gifts we need, we don't need other people. We don't need a community. We don't need a church. I've got this. For, forgive us. Because we desperately need other people in this life. Whether we acknowledge that or not. And so God, would you forgive us? Would you renew our resolve to live in the gift that you've given us within community, to use it and have open eyes to see how we might use it to benefit others so that we can suffer with others and we can and, and celebrate with others. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thanks for just living in us. Thanks for empowering us. Would, would you even help us to hear and to see and to listen and to go when you call us to do those things? Jesus, thanks for dying on a cross so that we might experience forgiveness today. Thanks for starting this thing that we know as church. And we long for the day when we're in perfect community. Not just a simple little reflection of it that's just a piece of the pie that we experience right now here on earth, but when we get to feel and experience and see your beauty in all of its display in perfect unity and community with you. We long for that day, Jesus, and we just pray, come, Lord Jesus, come. We pray these things in your precious name. Amen.